You're listening to Spiritual Caffeine, a daily Bible exposition with gospel recording artists, business owners, and Bible teachers, Sean and Troy Isaacs. Join us Monday through Friday at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we get our spiritual boots to get us going from the Word of God. Jesus said that man shall not live by bread alone. What are you living on? For more info, visit glorifyhimnow.com. Welcome to this morning's broadcast. Well, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Spiritual Caffeine. This is Sean Isaac, uh, one of the members of Double Edge with DoubleEdgeMusic.com. If you'd like to find out more information about Spiritual Caffeine, where you can get your daily boost spiritually, please go to DoubleEdgeMusic.com and look for the banner that uh, says Spiritual Caffeine, and there you'll find out more information about how you can strengthen your inner man and uh, set yourself up to bring greater glory and honor to the Lord. Uh, So um, we've been looking at Psalm 63, and uh, today I want to pick up by looking at two verses, verses 5 and 6 of Psalm 63. For those of you, again, that have not been on the previous um, morning sessions or devotionals with us, uh, you need to go to the website and just click on that uh, spiritual caffeine banner and uh, look for archives, and there you'll see uh, the previous verses. All right, so uh, verse 5 and 6 say this. And David is speaking. He says, My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. Anyone that knows me know that I am a lover of the Old English King James Bible. I believe the language is unbelievably powerful if you take time to slow down and meditate and think about what you're, what you're reading. But listen to how David describes this. It says, My soul shall be satisfied. This is a declaration of faith. This man doesn't say, My soul might be satisfied. My soul may be satisfied. He says, My soul shall be satisfied. He is walking in faith. He is filled and controlled with and by the Spirit. David even says in Psalm 51, just in case you don't believe he was controlled by the Spirit, uh, he says, take not your Holy Spirit from me. First Peter says that the prophets were moved, those who wrote the Old Testament were moved by the Spirit when they spoke and when they wrote. It was the Spirit of God that was governing and controlling their words. So here David, being led by the Spirit of God, says, My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. You say, David, what in the world are you talking about? We don't talk about marrow and fatness today. That's David's way of saying, think of that which is most prosperous, most beneficial uh, to the soul. That's how David is describing it. He says, I will be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. I will be satisfied as if I had a seven-course meal with desserts and everything else. If you've ever felt satisfied in your body after a good feast, a good meal, a good Thanksgiving dinner, a good Christmas meal with your family, uh, if you're like my family, when I was growing up, Sunday was the big day. Every Sunday we had the big meal. We grew up very poor. Often we didn't have, uh, you know, there were uh, we didn't have a lot of fancy meals up because my mother couldn't afford any of those meals. We grew up with a single mom. But Sundays was a special day. 
and she would, we would maybe have a chicken meal. Yep, for some of you, chicken is every day. Well, growing up for Troy and I, chicken was a blessing, and it was, uh, it was something special. It was like eating steak. I don't know if we ate steak that much as a kid. I don't remember if I did. Maybe, maybe once a year if we even did that. But my point here is there came points where we felt really physically satisfied. Here David said, my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. Your soul needs to be satisfied. If your soul is not satisfied, I think I've said this on the previous call two days ago, if your soul is not satisfied, you're opened up for, for greater temptations. If your soul is not satisfied, you're going to seek satisfaction in other places, with other relationships, with other things. You will create idols. The Bible says, you know, we, we live in a day where many in our culture, in America, in the West, uh, we probably uh, feel a little uh, virtuous, maybe like we lack a sense of, uh, maybe we can feel a little prideful that we don't bow down to idols, like physical idols, like many of them, many of the saints or, or people did in the Old Testament. But the reality is, uh, some of our idolatry is far worse than bowing down to a physical object or a, a, uh, something of gold or an ornament. Uh, far worse is covetousness, is idolatry. So to covet something that belongs to someone else, to desire something that belongs, to desire to have something or someone that belongs to someone else, the Tenth Commandment, that is idolatry, according to Colossians 3, verse 5, I think it is. So covetousness is idolatry. And when you are not satisfied in the soul, there's a tendency to, to, to break uh, the command, the commandments of God. You break commandment number one, commandment number two, and at least connect commandment number ten. All right? So you want to be satisfied in your soul. And one of the ways to do that is to seek after the Lord. David says, early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, in verse 1. My flesh longs for you. That's why he could say, my soul shall be satisfied. Because he, is, he understands that his satisfaction can only be found in Christ Jesus, the Lord, or in God. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. My mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. Er Paul. He says, My soul shall be satisfied, and my mouth shall praise thee. My soul shall be satisfied, and my mouth shall praise thee. Satisfaction of the soul leads to joyful lips, or a mouth filled with praise. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Have you ever been to a church? where the worship leader or the worship team uh, try to get people excited about God. And, uh, you know, they're challenging them. You know, we went to a service this past Sunday, and uh, the, 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 the song leader began challenging the people. Sing to the Lord. Rejoice. Bless the Lord. And, uh, you know, there's, there's not, it has its place. But the reality is that means nothing to God if the hearts are not connected to that, those expressions. You know, God says, my people, these people in the Old Testament, they draw near to me with their mouth, but their heart is not, their heart is far from me. 
What you want is you want a natural outflow of praise and worship to God. Uh, Many churches work people up into a frenzy of clapping and shouting and screaming. And again, it all has its place. Shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. But if that is not connected to a heart that is engaged and in love with God, it means nothing to God. See, God is not interested in our sacrifices. God is not interested in our praises if they are not connected to a heart that is in love with him. Just like my spouse is not interested in my sacrifices, like giving her flowers and chocolate and whatever it is that women would be would find appealing. None of that means anything if, if my heart is with someone else. If she knows my heart is not with her. It doesn't matter what I give her, it, has, it is significant and it has no meaning. So David says, my lips shall praise you with my lips. He says, my mouth, sorry, shall praise thee with joyful lips. But when will I do that? It begins with the soul being satisfied, but David doesn't assume his satisfaction is going to happen like osmosis, that God is going to zap him from heaven and he's going to be filled with the Spirit and he'll be internally satisfied and content. No, he understands there's some things he must do. And listen to how it's connected. My soul shall be satisfied when I remember thee upon my bed, and meditate on thee in the night watches. Verse 6. What takes up your time at night? When you lay on the bed at night, are you counting sheep? I mean, what are you actually meditating upon? I bet for many people, they're meditating upon the, the, the television program they just watched. There are a lot of people whose minds are so busy because of all the technology, all the eye the, uh, the MP3 players and, and the digital devices that are continually churning out more and more information that they find it difficult to think about God. David says, my soul shall be satisfied and my mouth will be filled, my lips will speak your praise and I will bless you, Lord, I will magnify your name. When will I do that? Again in verse 6, when I remember thee. David, understand that this is not something that happens 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every second of every moment. It's impossible to maintain maintain that kind of relationship with God. You know, Brother Lawrence wrote a book, Practicing the Presence of God. There's some good principles in there. But the reality is, the fact that you have to practice the God's being conscious of the presence of God implies that you are not always conscious of the presence of God. You have other things going on in your life. First Corinthians 7 say that they that marry have the cares of this life. They have to care for their families, their children, their spouses. So God understands that that's part of normal life. But David, it tells me in you that he spends some time on his bed meditating on God. And he says, I do this in the night watches. The night watches would be those early morning hours. Other people are sleeping. David is thinking about God. David is, David is thinking about the character of God, God's holiness, God's goodness, God's justice, God's mercy, God's loving kindness, his, 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 all of these great attributes, the sovereignty of God. This moves the heart of God, of, of David, and causes him to have a heart that is satisfied 
with God so that his lips give praise to God. I want to encourage you as we wrap up our devotional this morning that if you find that your lips are not praising God, it is directly related to a lack of satisfaction in God. You say, no, 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 my my circumstances are difficult. I can't pay my bills. That's why I'm not praising God. And I say, no, you not being able to praise God has nothing to do with your, your, your ability not to pay your bills, sorry, has nothing to do with your ability to praise the Lord. Because if you were to meditate, meditate upon the power of God and upon the providence of God, his ability to provide, he says that, that he provides for the lilies of the field, he takes care of them, he takes care of the birds. If you were to meditate on the goodness of God and what God is able to do, that would satisfy your soul, which would lead you to praise God. So as I close here, and you probably can hear my little daughter making noise in the background, and uh, it gets a little noisy around here when, at this morning time. Um, the thing I would encourage you to do is take time out of your day, out of your week, to be intentional about shutting things off, shutting things down, so that you can think about God, so that you can meditate on God. Uh, the psalmist says, when I consider the heavens, and the work of thy fingers. He says, it causes him to say, what is man that God is even mindful of him? That word consider has the idea of meditating. David stops long enough to be able to consider and think about the stars and the planets and and looking at the heavens of what God has done. And my encouragement to you, as Psalm 19 tells us, that the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. If you were to slow down your life and begin to think about what God has done and what God is doing, it will cause you to be satisfied in the inner man that would would fill your heart and mouth with praise, which would make you a better testimony to a world that is consumed and controlled with darkness and death and destruction and suffering. And you would stand out, as Paul and Silas did, being in prison in Acts chapter 16, they stood out that in the midst of that dark experience, they were able to be satisfied in God that it led them to praising and magnifying God. And uh, that led to the plant, the birth of the Philippian church, the writing of the book of Philippians, and great, so many blessings came out of that. What would have happened if Paul and Silas were in prison complaining about how difficult things were and how challenging things were and why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? God, don't you know we're trying to do your will? We're trying to spread your gospel. Why would you allow us to end up in prison? God says, my friend, you're not thinking like I think. If you didn't end up in prison, you would have not reached the Philippian jailer. You would have not, and if you didn't end up in prison, there would, never, there would not be a book called the Philippians, uh, the book of Philippians, which is filled with encouragement to increase joy and uh, rejoicing in the hearts of God's people. So that's our devotional for the, for the morning. I hope you found something helpful and encouraging from the Word of God. The entrance of His Word gives light and life. Uh, any comments or questions on that before we wrap up uh, this morning? Yeah, I would like to add something. Um, it's this. 
it's just wonderful to be encouraged about um, serving the Lord or worshiping and praising him in spite of everything that may not be going right in your life. And I was just driving my son to school this morning, and I said, okay, let's pray just before I drop you off. And, and he says, well, what is there to pray about? And I'm like, well, you know, pray about your day. Pray about, um, you know, be thankful, you know. And then right away he starts praying, and then he realizes, oh, yeah, you know, let me thank you, Lord, that, you know, we don't have sickness. We don't have cancer. We don't have, you know, so he realized once he really started even um, praying to God that there were so many things for him to be thankful that we don't have. And um, and then he, as he started praying, it took him to um, praying about, you know, some, you know, uh, our dog isn't feeling well today, and he started praying for the dog. So it was just part of a training, and he was actually um, listening uh, to the message as we were going in, so he was encouraged as well. So that's what, I just wanted to share that. Praise God. That's actually very encouraging, and it's a good reminder to everyone. Sometimes we don't realize how great God is and how good he is uh, until we lose something that we have. You know, we end up with a terminal disease or we lose our eyesight or house burns down. Uh, So it's one of the best things you could do is take time to think about the fact that we don't deserve anything from God that's good. Everything we get from him is a blessing. It's like icing on the cake. Because the fact that he's given us life, and he sends, according to Acts 14 and Genesis, it tells eight, it tells us that God sends uh, rain and sunshine and seasons. That in and of itself is a blessing. Uh, but those things can be taken for granted, especially when you can just run into the store and buy bread and buy whatever you want. Well, in, in you know Bible times or you know a thousand years ago, you couldn't just do that. You know, so you needed the rain, you needed the sun. I mean, we still need those things, of course, as well, but um, we're not as conscious of how how much of a blessing these things are. So one of the best things you could do with your kids is encourage them to give thanks to the Lord and teach them how to thank him for things that seem normal. You know, I can hear. Well, there are many kids that can't hear, so thank God that you can. And, uh, you know, as we do this type of stuff, it makes it easy or easier to give praise to the Lord. So uh, thanks for uh, thanks for sharing that, Kimberly. Anybody else comment or question before we uh, close? Okay. All right. Well, thank you again for uh, being part of uh, Spiritual Caffeine. Lord willing, uh, uh, join us. I I wanted to make a comment. Um, Hold on. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Um, you. You know, the scripture you read, it, you read, read, David said, I will meditate upon thee in the night watches. You know, that may not mean a lot to to people uh, in our day because they may not understand what that means. But, you know, the Jews had four different times of watchfulness. You know, even Paul said, I spent, like, nights in watchfulness. At the, at the times that meant staying up, you know, a part of the night, uh, uh, pretty much all of the night. But the first watch was from 6 to 9, the second was from 9 to 12, the third was from 12 to 3, and the fourth was from 3 to 6 in the morning. So, you know, even when you read in the book of Mark, when it says Jesus came walking on the third watch, it was like from 3 to 6 in the morning, he came walking on the water, and they're like, we've seen a ghost. 
So you, one of the things you see with these men who uh, who are on fire for the Lord is they don't spend much time sleeping, you know, because either they are meditating on the Lord or maybe there's some burden or something that they need to pray about. And uh, there was one old thing who used to say um, he would wake up at, 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 at 5, and if he got up, uh, if he, you know, if he heard, like, bustling or different things going on around him, he felt, you know, he felt convicted. He's like, how is it that the devil's children wake up before me? So um, I think that shows how, how how godly David was, that David says, look, I meditated upon thee in the night. Watch this. A lot of times when people think of David, they only think of David, you know, committing adultery with Bathsheba and, and murdering Uriah. And they're like, how could God call this man a man after his own heart? But one of the things I love about David is David was um, David was unique in his devotional life. You know, Job was Job was known for his patience. David was known for his devotions. You know, Samson was known for his strength. And go on and on, different individuals in the Bible. But David David had a devotional life like no one else, and that's why God could call him a man after his own heart. In other words, I mean, and, you know, for us to even put this in this perspective, I mean, David was a king. You know, so if anything, for someone that didn't have time, like I'm beginning to understand more and more, like I have less time to do much of everything now, but I still seem to get a lot more done, and I still have, like, more of a desire to spend more time with God. Just, I really need you now, Lord, because I just have too much to do. Um, and so I'm more and more I'm beginning to understand these men, Daniel and others who are godly, and uh, even though they had a lot to do, they seemed to find that because they knew they needed it. And I'll end with this. It's like Martin Luther says, I have a lot to do today. I'm going to spend the first four hours in prayer and, and study of the word. And uh, you see the people who are the most busy for the Lord are, are doing the most for the Lord, and they, they have the most responsibilities. So that, you know, that's encouraging to see David with all, you know, with everything he did. Well, thank you so much, Troy. That's uh, that's the text. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, plural. Uh, I think to me that gives me the idea that David had seasons of time where he did those night watches. So praise yeah. God for that. Um, yeah, you know, we should have seasons. And, um, you know, you do want to get sleep. Sleep is critical to, the, to, the, to maintaining your health. But some people oversleep. And, uh, you know, people, if you eat late... Uh, you're going to end up being really tired because you're digesting yeah. through the night, so you always wake up tired. You're not alert. Uh, so there's so many things through ignorance that cause us to perish and that cause us to need more of everything when we can survive on less of everything. You know, if we're not eating so late, we'll need as much sleep because we have more energy and it allows us to be better used uh, for the glory of God. So, yeah, lastly, as you mentioned, that scene uh, was he had a problem as he got up, you know, he remember. I remember him telling the story. At 5 a.m., he, uh, he, well, one day he went to the barber shop. If you remember this, and the guy was cutting his hair, and he began to ask him, you know, about his life and what he does. And the guy described how he did missions work in the late evening. Uh, he prayed through through the night. I think the guy was a Hindu too. He prayed to his God during the night. And he got up real early, and he was up before the missionary. And the missionary felt convicted. This guy is up doing the devil's work. 
while I'm sleeping uh, when I should be up doing God's work, and it just transformed his life. So thank God that we have those experiences from time to time where we hear stories like that that challenge us to go beyond what we think is possible. So uh, praise God. Well, thank you all for joining us on this morning's uh, devotional. For those of you that are new to Spiritual Caffeine, uh, it's it's Troy and Sean Isaacs, uh, the gospel recording artists with uh, Double Edge. Uh, well, we call ourselves Double Edge, and uh, you can find out more information about us or the devotional Spiritual Caffeine or many of the other things that we do, the products and services that we provide by going to doubleedgemusic.com. God bless you all. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to uh, connecting again tomorrow.